in heaven, will we remember the people who aren't there in heaven with us? And if we do, how will we not feel sad about them not being there? My name's Harley, and I'm looking at a series of questions about heaven, and this is a hard but good question about heaven. And my hope is that as we look at this question together, no matter where you are at on your faith journey and what you believe about God, about Christianity, about the Bible, I'm hoping that this video will be helpful for you. Questions about heaven typically fall into one of two categories. One category is the things that we're excited to talk about, things that are fun to think about and imagine, mysterious things about heaven and what the future will be like in heaven. The second category are the harder things, the things that cause us pain to think about. And I think that this question absolutely falls into this second category. So rather than trying to just jump straight into the question, I want to read for you a portion of the question that came in. It says this, if there is no sadness in heaven, what about the people we love in this life who don't come to Christ and so won't be in heaven? How will we not feel sad about that? Now, as we get ready to think about this question, I just want to acknowledge with you, I am no expert on heaven. I don't hold some special degree or some special knowledge about heaven. I'm simply a Christian wanting to explore what does my faith say? What does the Bible that I believe say about heaven and the reality of heaven? So with that in mind, let's, let's think about this for a moment. There are a couple of assumed beliefs here in this question that this question is leaning on. The first is that there will, we will still be ourselves in heaven, that we won't be uh, absorbed into some higher or greater reality, that we will still be distinct as God has created us. And not only that, secondly, that we will have memories from this earth and this lifetime that God won't bring us into heaven and wipe our memories and all that we know, the connections from this life and from this earth, that we're not going to be like in some Men in Black movie where our memories are erased, but rather that we will still know things from this life. So now as, as you think about that, I want to ask you to read a couple of Bible passages with me. If you go to Revelation chapter 7, in verse 17 it says, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, talking about the people in heaven. And then in Revelation 21 verse 4, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. But this time it goes on and says this, And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. That's why this question's been asked. They're saying, okay, if, if that's true, how do I hold that with these other things that are true, that we believe that we will still be ourselves, that we will still have memories from this life? How can I hold these two things together? You see, what happens when we try to bring these things together, they feel a little bit like magnets with the same polarity. They almost want to repel. They can't exist in the same space. You see, if I have memories and feelings and love for people here on this earth that are not in heaven, how will I not shed a tear for them in heaven? How will I not feel pain and, and want to mourn for their eternal separation from God's blessing? You see, right now I can think of people that I dearly love that do not love or acknowledge God. And I should feel deeply concerned that they have not reached out to Jesus who is the gateway into heaven. 
That's not my thoughts. That's what the Bible teaches. John 14, verse 6, Jesus himself says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so as Christians, we believe that Jesus is the one way into heaven. One theologian that I really respect says this, Wayne Grudem's his name. He says, if our hearts are never moved with deep sorrow when we contemplate this doctrine, and he's talking about the doctrine of eternal punishment, or as some people would put it, hell, then there is a serious deficiency in our spiritual, emotional sensibilities. What he's saying is that there should be a stirring in our hearts when we think about these hard truths. You see, my my personal conviction is that we reflect the heart and the character of God in whose image we are created when we're sad, when we're sad about these things, when we... uh, when we think about the people who don't know God yet and we're sad about that. Listen to what 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4 says. It says that God desires all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. That's the heart of God. And so when we are sad about people who do not know Him and are destined for eternity away from His blessing, we're simply reflecting the character and the heart of God. And that's all good and true, but it doesn't really answer the question that we're trying to talk about here. How will we remember those who are not present with us in heaven and not at the same time feel deeply saddened for them? I searched far and wide for some help on this subject. And in my searching, I found it quite difficult because it seemed like there was either conversation about eternal punishment and about hell, or there was conversation about the fact that there'll be no tears and no sadness in heaven. And and very rarely were these two concepts brought together. But I did finally come across a resource, and it was a sermon that was preached in 1865. And it was preached and, and spoke directly in the last part of this sermon to this question. And it was given by a man that I deeply respect, a guy who passionately loved God and was a gifted communicator, a guy named Charles Spurgeon, who lived in London and, and was a pastor and theologian in love, London. And so I want to review a portion of what he said. And you're going to have to bear with me because it is older English that he uses. So just think about what he's saying here as we read this together. He says, one does not quite comprehend that perfect beings, as in beings who are now in heaven, God-like beings, beings full of love and everything that constitutes the glory of God, God's complete nature, should yet be unable to weep even over hell itself. They cannot weep over their children lost and ruined. Now, how is this? If you will tell me, I shall be glad, for I cannot tell you. Now let's pause this for a moment. This is an incredibly wise and gifted thinker. And what he's saying is, this is a mystery. That we can be glorified and be in heaven with God, and yet not be sad and tearful for the people who are lost. And so he then goes on and says this. He says, I do not believe that there will be one atom in us less tenderness, that there will be one fraction less amiability and love and sympathy. I believe there will be more, but that they will be in some way so refined and purified that while compassion for suffering is there, detestation for sin shall be there to balance it and to state of 
sorry, and a state of complete equilibrium shall be attained. Perfect acquiescence, by the way, that means the reluctant acceptance of something without protest, in the divine will is probably the secret of it. So what he's saying is this, this reluctant acceptance to say, God, we trust your will, your way. And this is where I want to stop the video and say, well, here's the short answer. But there is no short answer to this question. We know what we can know and, and the truth that we can cling to is that God is both the epitome of grace and goodness and simultaneously the epitome of justice. And what we can do is know that as these two things seem in some way, even in this question, to be in tension with each other, they're held together perfectly in God. You see, things that seem incomprehensible and irreconcilable to us are completely and perfectly resolved in God. What seems like magnets pushing and repelling against one another in him are magnets perfectly pulled and aligned and attached to one another. And so I don't understand this. Let me say that clearly and plainly. I do not understand the answer to this question. But what I do understand is that the Bible says that God is the one who wipes away our tears. And that is of no small significance. The Bible could have told us that people will stop shedding tears or people will stop feeling sad. But it doesn't say that. What it says twice, and God really wants us to know this, is that God, the God who is compassionate, who does understand us more than we even understand ourselves, that he is the one who comes, and it's so personal, who wipes away every tear. And so I don't know how he's going to do this, but I do believe that he is going to wipe away our tears, that he is going to wipe away our sadness. I want to ask you to look back at Revelation 21 verse 4 with me one more time and read it with me. It says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither, sh neither shall there be mourning, listen to this, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. So as I read this again, I think that we can be assured of one thing, and that is that the sorrow that we feel for those that are not with us there in heaven is something that God will tenderly wipe away once and for all at the threshold of eternity. As we enter into eternity, as we cross into heaven, I have a sense that God will acknowledge the sadness of those that aren't with us, that he will tenderly wipe away those tears. But this will not be something that comes back and haunts us throughout our time and our eternity in heaven. You won't wake up 10 days or 100 days or a 1,000 days into your life in heaven and feel this sadness, that God will wipe that away and that it will be no more. Again, I don't understand all of that, but I think that it is a beautiful thing. So as we contemplate this question, I can't help but think that we should be motivated by it. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you should feel motivated to be in heaven, to be a part of God's blessing forever. And so if you don't believe, you have questions about belief, look into this some more. There is a God who loves you and can save you. And if you do believe, we who do believe should feel absolutely motivated to proclaim the truth that we believe. All of us can think of people who do not know, love, and acknowledge God as their Lord and Savior. And so 
as Christians, we should absolutely proclaim the message of God. Yes, it is God who ultimately saves people, but God can use us to pray for them and to speak truth to them so that one day, hopefully, they will join us in heaven and we won't have to experience that wiping away of the tear for the fact that they're not there in heaven with us. I know we've said a lot and I need to bring this to a close. So I will say thanks for watching. Please remember that these videos do come from questions that you send in. So if you'd like a question answered, please send it to us. There's instructions on how to do that in the description below. And so also, if you'd like to see more of these videos, please subscribe to the channel. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you soon. Bye.